Patrick Kane rumors. All right, here we go. You wanted it. You asked for it. Here we go. A Kane episode, but also today's a training camp to talk about. Coming up on the Locked On Sabres podcast. Your Locked On Sabres, your daily podcast on the Buffalo Sabres. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And thanks for making Locked On Sabres your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Be sure to check us out on our, our YouTube channel. You can get connected with us, whether that is on Twitter at Sneaky Joe Sports or on the comment section in the YouTube channel. But keep it clean. Zegris was at the topic of our last show. We had a lot of commentary from fans, back and forth exchanges on what makes sense for a trade, whether or not a trade makes sense in the first place. Um, and uh, what you get a lot of here is fans uh, falling for some certain prospects. So Savoy or Benson, for instance, from Johnny Snipes uh, should not be included in any package to acquire him. I'd trade a second, Lukanen, Isaac Rosine, and Olofsson. That's a four-piece trade. Um, wouldn't say that's... You know, out of the question, I think you might have to upgrade that second to a first, but you're getting close there. Uh, Bryson, Olison are, you know, like Comrie. Okay, sure. That one was, I think, sarcastic. In fact, actually, it did not looking. There was a wink face behind that. So, obviously, on that one. But a lot of Olison included in these trades. Listen, Rosine, Osland, uh, you know, if you don't want to do the top-level picks, you've got others to choose from, but Olison does not carry a lot of value, in my opinion. Not a lot. Maybe some. Anyways, a lot of that to get to uh, as we progress throughout the uh, the remaining offseason as we approach the first preseason game on Sunday. We got Patrick Kane to talk about today because Darren Dreger decided to tweet about that. And we have two days in of training camp to talk about. And we'll start there. We did a show a couple days ago, lineup predictions for the start of the season. We had our first look at what Don Granado's lines might look like. I have a takeaway and it's not that these are what the lines will look like. I do not think this is what the lines will look like. But so far, through two days of camp, forward-wise, we have Tage Thompson playing with Jeff Skinner and Zach Benson. We have Casey Middlestat playing with Alex Tuck and Yuri Kulik. We have Dylan Cousins playing with J.J. Paterka and Isaac Roseanne. Tyson Jost with Victor Olofsson and Jordan Greenway. Peyton Krabs with Rusek and Lucas Rusek and Brett Murray. Okposo Gergensen's mixing in in other places with lower-level prospects. I don't think these are lines. What I think these might be are a look into pairings in the forward group that Granado might want to stick with. Cousins and Paterka, that's an obvious one. I think Granado has it in his mind to keep those two together. How about Thompson and Skinner? Might be an indication that they'll keep that top line together. Maybe they'll mix it up, though, because Middlestat and Tuck might be an interesting combination together. Um, you also had uh, Tyson Jost with Victor Olsen slash Jordan Greenway. That one might be a real line. And then Krebs and Rusek is a potential fourth line uh, starting point. Um, for that, though, you would have Okposo and Gergitz out. So, again, it's hard to figure out anything from lines this early on. Um, the biggest takeaway, if you can have any at all, I think would be that maybe these are pairings that Don Granado is thinking about on lines with another person to come in later. Or, 
hey, maybe it means Zach Benson's on his way to making the team. I mean, he's skating with Tage Thompson. Would it be that out of the question that Benson made the team? It's pretty damn unlikely, in my opinion. But stranger things have happened. Patrice Bergeron, Ryan O'Reilly made their teams out of the uh, the draft as second-round picks. So a 14th overall pick that has a ton of hype. It was talked about as a guy should have gone in the top five. Not the craziest thing in the world. But I would still bet heavily against it. On the blue line, we had Rasmus Dahlin skating with Connor Clifton. That's also interesting because that would indicate three left-shot defensemen on three separate pairs. Dahlin, Power, Samuelson. I don't love that, though, because that means Samuelson is on a third pair. You could even out the ice time as the game goes on, change things up, and that likely would happen. Um, I don't think Clifton, though, should start the season with Dahlin. Interesting that Granada was trying it. Not my favorite idea in the slightest. One other thing that is a big takeaway from day one and two of camp. Don Granado said, quote, would love to keep Casey Middlestad at center. And that's interesting because if that happens, someone else has to go to the wing or someone else is going to become a regular scratch. And what it also would mean is Peyton Krebs could very well be in line to a fourth line center again. You have Thompson down the middle. You have Cousins down the middle. Granada wants to make sure Middlestad is down the middle. And then you have Krebs and, and, and Jost. And to me, Jost is the most obvious person in that situation to move to the wing. And you've got Krebs right back as a fourth-line center. I don't love that. I'd like to see Krebs bumped up on the wing somewhere else. I had that in my line combinations the other day um, that I would like to see happen. I'm hoping that's what happens. I'm not betting on it, though, because Krebs is starting at center. Although, to be fair, so are all these other guys. So we'll see what happens at center. But middle step being a center, I think, will be will make things hard to guess. Um, a little harder to guess when it comes to Granado's lines. Enough time on that. Let's get to Patrick Kane. We'll do that when we return here on the Locked On Sabres podcast. We are presented by Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs are great. I just came from golf. I'm wearing Bird Dogs right now. And Bird Dogs, it's not just the pants, but it's the khaki shorts as well, designed for a fitter, a fitter slimmer uh, fit through the thigh and the leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. Bird Dogs are functional for any occasion, golf, a date, evening outing with, a, with work people, pool, workout, you know, lounging around, work, anything. Um, go to birddogs.com slash lockdown NHL. Check out the golf joggers, I'm telling you. But again, shorts and plenty of other things as well. Or enter the promo code lockdown NHL at checkout, and you get a free Bird Dogs water bottle with your order. That's birddogs.com slash lockdown NHL for a free water bottle at checkout. You don't want to take your bird dogs off. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. Final segment here on the Locked On Sabres podcast. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. Shouldn't say final segment. Well, an elongated segment, though. Uh, Patrick Kane. All right. Let's get to it. We have a lot of questions being asked on Twitter about it. And the reason why, and it is interesting. Like, I don't want to just completely, you know, dispute the report or throw it away or even bash it to too much. What we had from Darren Dreger, who... Tweeted on Thursday, Patrick Kane continues to rehab from his hip surgery. He's been doing so in the Toronto area since July, requires another month. We know Buffalo has interest. He could help a lot of teams when healthy. There's that little quote in there, though. We know Buffalo has interest. I don't know Buffalo has interest. 
a lot of these other reporters locally don't know the Buffalo has interest. Dreger's the only one saying that. This is just a guess. I don't know. Maybe he has it. Maybe he's right. My guess would be this is Kane's agent trying to drum up interest. So he tells Dreger, hey, the Sabres are in. Adams is interested. We've had conversations. And that would be true. But you throw Buffalo out there because it's believable, right? He's from the area. He has experience with Kane and Granado. The team is in a playoff or bust type of season. And you could get him on a short-term deal. It makes a lot of sense on you know, the forefront, it makes a lot of sense. You could convince other teams there is interest. So if you want the Rangers to offer you more money, then you throw the Sabres forward as uh, as leverage. That's my theory number one. Theory number two, and I think this is a lot less likely, but I would not say it's zero, is they have had legitimate conversations because Kevin Adams has experience with Patrick Kane. He was a player in Chicago during Kane's rookie year, and they were roommates together. I don't know if they liked each other, but all I know is they were roommates together for a whole year. And two, Don Granado was an assistant coach in Chicago and has multiple times, two, three, four times, has talked about in a glowing fashion how he loved Kane in Chicago, his habits up, on and off the ice, being the leader that he is. Like, Granado is really talked up Kane. So I have the GM that knows Kane, and I have the coach that knows Kane. And maybe they sat down and said, okay, we like this guy, and we could get him, and we'll figure out a way to use him. And the fans will love it. Not all the fans will love it, but some of the fans will love it. But they probably would talk about it as the fans would love it. So... That is also a theory. I think that is very low probability, though, like under 5%. And here's why. I just am giving the Sabres too much credit. I don't think – I think they're too smart. They're too smart to go down that rabbit hole. Kane has been a deteriorating player for multiple seasons. And, and yeah, last year's decline with Kane was accelerated – by the hip injury. He played with the hip injury all year. He probably should have had it, um, the surgery, before before the playoffs, but he had been traded to the Rangers, and he wanted to give it his all. So he played injured. And what he have? 57 points in 73 games, way down from 92 points the year before that. But even in that 92-point season, you were already seeing signs of decline. His underlying numbers had really started to drop off in the offensive zone. The defensive zone, they've been long gone for for years now. He's one of the worst 200-foot players in the league. Offensive zone, still pretty good. Power play, still pretty good. But just nothing else. So one-dimensional at this point in his career. So, how does that fit for what the Sabres need? Because he's not a good overall player. That's really my foundation why I don't like the idea. I don't believe, in my heart of hearts, at 35 years old, that Patrick Kane is a good hockey player anymore. I don't. So, how does he fit? Because he might provide value on some level to somebody because of the power play ability and, and you could protect him with offensive zone starts. The Sabres are not that team. I know Yet the, yesterday I argued for Trevor Zegers, but to me that was different in that he fits the age range, you could pay him the contract, and I believe Zegers is a 
far better offensive player at this point and a better 200 foot player at this point than Kane is, even though defensive zone is not his strong suit either. In fact, it's still a weakness, but Kane is so bad at it. So major differences there. I think if this were to ever come to fruition and become a legitimate idea for the Buffalo Sabres, Victor Olofsson can't be on the team. This team already with a being a top five team in offense last year has too many forwards. It's hard to find a guy to scratch already, especially if you want one of the kids or two of the kids to make it Kulik, Roseanne, you know, Benson, if you want Savoy, of course, you're already making it tough on those guys to make the team. You will absolutely be blocking their development by signing Patrick Kane. Um, so there's that. Where would he play? Find me in the lineup where he'd play and who he'd go in for. He'd have to go in for Olofsson. To me, the only way this is feasible at all is if you are ready to trade Victor Olofsson. Because he is also a one-dimensional offensive zone start player that gives you some power play. You don't need two of those. Maybe Olofsson trade is in the cards. But I don't, I don't need to rush that. Like Until Quinn gets back, I... Here's an argument, and maybe a good one, that Olsen actually does provide you more than Kane. I, again, I, you could make an argument one way or the other on this one. But the reason I might even say Olsen is even in the discussion, he did have 28 goals last year. Like, we know he can shoot. And Kane, like, the playmaking going down a little bit last year, going from 66 assists to 36 assists, um, I don't know. Because the, 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 the goal scoring didn't go down. Like, the shooting percentage stayed the same. It was the assist total that went far way down. So I don't know what that means, but I have big questions about Kane's game at this point. And the age factors into that, a major hip surgery factors into that. Whereas Olsen, I just watched him score 28 goals. And I know that's all he can do, but I know he'll do that one thing for me. Kane, there are still questions about it. So again, it's I won't tell you. It's a zero idea for me. It's close to it, um, but it would have to come with an Olsen trade. And then again, it's still not my favorite idea. One year deal that maybe he would have to be that he is so wanting to play for the Buffalo Sabres. He wants to play at home. Um, he wants to, you know, he wants to go back, right? Like that is the thing. He wants to come back to Buffalo. He wants to be a Sabre before his career is over. And before this, he hasn't had the opportunity because Chicago's been good and the Sabres have not been good. Um, will that be different now? Will he say, to his agent, hey, just get it done. I don't care what it takes. I don't care what I have to sign for. I'll sign for a million bucks if I have to. But my career is coming to an end. What they've got building over there is special, and I want to be a part of it. And if he says that, might be tough to say no to it. Because if he says I'll play for a million bucks, you know, you might just do it. So I don't want to completely dispel this, but I still would want to bet heavily against it happening. It would be interesting nonetheless. Um, and it will be something worth tracking. I'll say that. Before this, I wouldn't even give it the time of day as a thought. But Darren Dreger is not a nobody. Like, I might be skeptical of where this is coming from. The agent, I think, still. Um, but it is Darren Dreger, one of the heavy hitters in terms of the insider game in the NHL. Um, so we do have to pay attention to it. We'll talk more about it as we progress here on the Locked on Sabres podcast. Thanks, everybody, for listening to today's show. Training camp continues. we got the preseason on Sunday. So we'll talk about the preseason game uh, next time as well. And, uh, yeah, stay tuned every day. Uh, thanks for listening. This has been the Locked on Sabres podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.